It's time for the Minnesota Work Comp Connection. Legal experts in the Minnesota workers' compensation industry talking about all things related to navigating and litigating claims in the workers' compensation system in Minnesota. Sponsored by the law firms of Brown and Carlson, PA, and Motaz and Sisk. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice. Each case is different, and you should consult with an attorney about anything you learn about on this podcast. Please consult with an attorney at either of our firms if you have questions relating to your claim. Now on to the show. Welcome back to the Minnesota Work Comp Connection. Today, Jerry Sisk and Eric Hayes are going to talk about medical causation in Minnesota workers' compensation claims, finding the nexus. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, good morning, Eric. How you doing? Good. So excited to be back here on our second podcast talking about medical causation in Minnesota workers' compensation claims, finding the nexus. An important component in Minnesota workers' compensation claims is medical causation. And when we use that word in this context, Jerry, what does that mean to you as a claimant's attorney? It means meeting your burden of proof. And in every workers' compensation case, the injured worker, the claimant, bears that burden. Making that connection, that nexus, is vital in, in, in every workers' compensation case. This is the main components of claimant's uh, attorney's practice, is making sure that you can meet your client's burden of proof. When you think about medical causation on a case-by-case -case basis, is that something that you're thinking about straight away from the first client contact that you have, medical causation and how you're going to meet that burden of proof? I, I agree. It is something that you have to think about right away because if you can't meet your burden, then your case isn't going to be successful. Maybe you can convince the defense lawyer or the adjuster that, that the case has value. Whenever I take on a case, um, I take it with the intent that I'm going to try it. Now, if they settle, great. So what that means is, in my evaluation, is that we've got to be able to meet that connection, to meet that standard. And on Minnesota workers' compensation, the standard that we use is whether the work injury is a substantial contributing cause. Now, what does substantial mean? I think that there's a lot of debate that can go on as to whether or what substantial means. The Minnesota Supreme Court has said that it has to be appreciable, but other than that, they do define what substantial is. What I always try to do in, in, in a way to explain to my clients and to others as to what is substantial is I say, look, think of yourself and your medical conditions as a pie. We used to do those pie charts in, in elementary and middle school, and we still have them in infographic graphics and, and the like. What you do is think of yourself as this pie, and what portion of that pie would you put towards environmental factors? What would you put towards, let's say, prior injuries of the same condition, motor vehicle accidents, the like. And finally, what would you assign then, you know, to the work injury? And if you're assigning something like one to 2%, maybe it's not a substantial contributing cause, but what about 10%? What about 20% and, and above? Certainly an argument could be made that's a substantial contributing cause 
to that disability and and need for treatment. But that's part of the debate and argument that you and I oftentimes get into. And so I guess I would pose the same question to you then, Eric, is how do you see the standard of substantial contributing cause or this nexus when you're evaluating cases from a defense standpoint? We too also have to look at a case on a case-by-case basis when evaluating medical causation. And for me, mostly it comes down to an independent medical examination. So the injured worker is going to treat with a variety of practitioners and doctors. Those are the treating doctors. And on the defense side, we have the opportunity to get an independent medical evaluation. And when I look at medical causation or finding the nexus between a Minnesota workers' compensation injury and the ongoing disability, I'm looking at it from a medical point of view. And there's a variety of factors that we look at in getting an appropriate independent medical examination completed. But when I'm looking at a case and strategically trying to figure out how to litigate it, I'm thinking about who would be a good expert on this case and what kind of information are we going to have to provide them so that we can get an opinion that is persuasive and makes sense. And those are and those are all important and I think many of that even applies to to our side in terms of representing injured workers is making sure that the doctor who are evaluating the injured worker and is able to provide opinions in 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 written or oral form are able to provide the the necessary opinions. And uh, I agree with you. Now you have a little bit more choice from your end oftentimes for Injured workers, and I can tell you that the difficulties is that many doctors, they just want to treat the injured worker, right? That's their approach and that's what they want to do. And there's many who don't want to get into the forensic piece just because of one, the the time uh, required to go through various records or information and two, then to involve themselves into this litigation, potentially becoming an expert where they would then possibly be called as a witness and then be deposed. And many people don't like having their opinions or themselves questioned. So it's a difficult process. Um, And I I think each side comes with its own challenges. And it's, again, it's from our perspective, it's always that attempt to meet your burden of proof. The one thing that we haven't necessarily touched on is addressing the the pre-existing component to it. In other words, the injured worker or claimant who has a pre-existing history. How do you evaluate that and what are some of the important factors in evaluating a pre-existing condition when you are assessing a case and looking at an IME doctor and, and deciding on how, how to approach the next steps? That is definitely a factor that we deal with regularly in, in workers' compensation claims and defending them. Uh, oftentimes, that's one of the things that we want to evaluate, uh, whether or not this condition, whether it be a back injury, a shoulder injury, a neck injury, is pre-existing to some degree. And I find occasionally that we are at an advantage uh, because sometimes we have information from the employer that tends to indicate that this person was already complaining of shoulder complaints when they were hired. And that's something that the treating doctor might not know. That treating doctor only has the information commonly that the injured worker provides to them. 
And occasionally we have information that tends to establish that this might be a pre-existing condition. And when we're looking at pre-existing conditions and how to get a good independent medical examination, we want to make sure that we focus on the history, meaning good records to establish the history of the injury, the mechanism of injury, and we want to be able to provide the doctor with enough information so that they can make a clear written report that is persuasive and credible and makes a lot of sense. And I think I do think occasionally that is something that the employer and insurer have a bit of an advantage to get this background information, whether it's from the employer, and it might include things like a job description. Occasionally it could include surveillance, but we have a lot of information that we can provide the independent medical examining doctor and if we choose the right one and we choose wisely, that doctor hopefully can issue a report that makes a lot of sense and is persuasive. And that's overall the goal. And just to touch on that from a claimant or injured worker perspective, when a client comes into my office and we're talking right at the initial stages, I'm, I'm always asking them if they've had prior problems, symptoms, and complaints. When I was a defense attorney, I found when I would ask people during their depositions, I would ask them, have you ever had medical treatment for your low back, whatever body part it is? And many times people would say, no, I never had medical treatment. But surprisingly, when I asked the next question, have you ever had chiropractic treatment for your back? Suddenly they would say yes. I was always curious. I'm like, are they people not considering chiropractic treatment, medical treatment, or what do they consider it? They're hesitant to talk about those strain sprains. And not to say that they may not be contributing causes, but oftentimes they're not, right? And because you've strained your, many of us, if you've done any sort of physical activities, you've strained your back, you've pulled a muscle, you've hurt somewhere. That's just... One, it's part of aging, too. It's about if you live any sort of physical life, if you've played sports and et cetera. So we've dealt with injuries, but oftentimes we bounce back and we're able to live our life in a normal, functional way. Those can be used against them. So getting back again, when I meet with you know clients, I, I attempt to try to get through all of those various treatments, but more importantly, I provide them with the standard in Minnesota workers' compensation. There's a lot of there's a lot of fear and unsteadiness there. But if they understand the standard, oftentimes that puts them at ease, which is if the work injury substantially aggravates, accelerates, or worsens a pre-existing condition, then workers' compensation is going to be responsible for that aggravated, accelerated, or worsened condition. Any sort of relationship, and especially when you're going through the litigation, is to be honest and upfront and deal with all the facts now. I would rather deal with them now. And like you said, provide that to the doctor, because if the doctor doesn't know about it, that's something that you're going to attempt to use throughout the, the course of the claim. Yeah, it's uh, it's important to understand that pre-existing component when assessing any sort of causation piece. That's good advice. When we're talking about medical causation and finding the nexus, often on the one hand, we have the treating doctors treating the injured worker, and on the defense side, we have the independent medical examining doctor. But what is the point of all of this? What is 
the causation aspect and finding the nexus. What is the so what? And I think what it is being able to meet your burden of proof before the fact finder. Can you talk for a minute about ultimately what is the point of all of this, finding medical causation and the fact finding mission? Yeah, that's a great question, Eric, because you're right. What's the point of all of this? What's this exercise? What is all of this effort for? And you're right. It's meeting your burden of proof at a hearing. And one of the advantages that you have is that you don't have a burden. It's really up to the injured worker, to us, to meet that. So if we don't have the medical support, so let's say, for example, it's a Gillette, and that's Gillette is the name of a case that stands for repetitive trauma or cumulative trauma for those who aren't familiar with Minnesota workers' compensation. The law requires that you have medical support for it. So it's not just enough that an injured worker says, yeah, I did work for 20 years and my back now has been blown out because of that. That's not going to be sufficient to meet the injured worker's burden of proof. Now with other conditions, it may be for Gillette or repetitive traumas, it's not. So again, understanding your burden of proof is vital in the success of a worker's compensation case. And that's why it's so important that at the infancy stages at the beginning, through the discovery process that you find out all of this information. And so it's understanding and gathering all of that information in order to, again, make this connection, this nexus to meet our burden of proof. And once we have that proof, I think then the burden falls on you as a defense lawyer is to poke holes at that and to find reasons why maybe those doctors opinions are not accurate, why they may lack appropriate foundation. How about you? Let's talk about your, from a defense standpoint, what do you see is the end game here? Yeah, my goal is to provide our experts with all of the information that they need to make a good opinion with proper foundation. And to be fair, occasionally we get stuck. Occasionally the IME doctor finds that there is a valid work injury and that's that's appropriate in some cases. But when you talk about foundation between the treating doctor and the independent medical examining doctor, that is something that I would like to try to have an opinion that it has more foundation because we have provided them with all of the relevant medical records. Not only do they have the, the MRI reports, but they have the MRI scans to review in person. Not only do they also have the ability to maybe read the deposition transcript, uh, and other information like a job description, et cetera. And so at the end, when it comes to trial, we want to have the opinion that has the best foundation, makes the most sense, is the most credible, and is the most persuasive. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's ultimately what we're shooting for. Uh, and I think, like you mentioned, if we don't do a very good job at that, you're going to point that out at trial. You're going to point out that our doctor didn't have proper foundation for a particular reason. And our goal is to, to take those arguments away from you. Those are all good, valid points. This has been a great discussion. Uh, I think it, again, it goes to the, uh, the differing uh, roles that each of us have in, in terms of assessing the cases that we're presenting and advocating on behalf of our clients. Yeah, Jerry, thanks so much for talking to me today about medical causation. Like you point out, we both come at it from a different perspective, but there's a lot of similarities. Until the next time. All right.
Take care. Thank you for listening to Minnesota WorkComp Connection. If you have any questions related to your claim, reach out to the law firm sponsoring the show, Brown & Carlson PA and Motez & Sisk. Until next time.